In the latest episode of Vamos Verde, we are going to talk to one of the most prolific goal scorers in Major League Soccer history, Austin FC striker Giassi Zardes. We also talked to some folks who have been bringing the soundtrack to Austin's nightlife for over 20 years and are now providing the soundtrack at Q2 Stadium, their official DJ collective, Peligrosa. That's the latest episode of Vamos Verde. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Hey there. You're listening to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that changed their lives and give us a glimpse into their creative process. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and this week on This Song, we'll be hearing from Nick Ewing bass player and vocalist for the band Local Natives and leader of the new band, Chewing. Before we get started, though, I want to ask that if you like this episode, if you dig this show, then please take a moment to head to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a rating or a review. If you're on NPR One, you can hit that little light bulb. I've said it before, but ratings and reviews help us. They help people find this podcast and they make everyone who works on this song feel really good. Like this review we got from Buzzo's Fro on iTunes, who says, Whether you know or like the guests or the discussed songs, the podcast is always interesting and informative. That's high praise. You can see how that would make all of us feel really warm and fuzzy inside, so thank you in advance. Now to Nick Ewing. He's a vocalist and a bass player for the band Local Natives, and he recently formed a side project called Chewing. Get it? Ewing, Chewing. The side project sprang out of a musical project. Chewing recently covered Dennis Wilson's album Pacific Ocean Blue in its entirety. And Dennis Wilson, just in case you don't know, was a beach boy. He's often thought of as the cool beach boy, and he's known for being the only one who could, like, actually surf. And his solo record, Pacific Ocean Blue, was the only one to be released in his lifetime. It has become much beloved by people who know about it if somewhat forgotten in the mainstream consciousness, and Nick covered the record as part of the Sounds Delicious series from the music and food website, Turntable Kitchen. Sounds Delicious is really cool. Every month, a different artist covers a different classic record, and subscribers get a limited edition vinyl copy of the finished product. Nick's take on Pacific Ocean Blue is much darker, more electronic than the original, and features members of local natives and cults, as well as trumpeter Nico Siegel, and it comes out on December 21st. Now, normally we talk about like one song on this podcast, but when Nick and I spoke, he told me about the entire album and told me why he had chosen it for this project. Dennis Wilson's only solo album, Pacific Ocean Blue, I I found it pretty late in life. I don't remember, a friend told me about it like a decade ago, and I was just like blown away when I first heard it. It seems like a quintessential L.A. album. And, that, and that's maybe why I was really drawn to it. I just remember driving from the east side where I live in L.A. to the west side, which sometimes can take like three days to drive. But 
I was doing it at night and it took maybe like just like the perfect amount of time the entire album so it was like an hour or something and it's like his I want to say like a love letter to LA but like lost love like it's a pretty sad album as I was driving LA at night and it was, it was very fitting interesting i mean i personally not living in la mm-hmm. didn't draw any associations to la <laughs> so <laughs> um i mean when you were sitting in this car and you were listening to it like what about that record made you feel that i think and maybe the context matters so much as i get older i feel like i, I used to be upset with journalists like trying to contextualize music i was like oh it doesn't matter what year it is it's just like it sounds so great but then i some my friend who told me about the record, like told me a little bit about the time and like Dennis going through some like real dark stuff and being like the party guy in LA and like kind of shunned from the beach boys. Like he was kind of like the only cool guy in the beach boy too. So it was ironic. All that context really mattered. And then, so as I listened to it, driving through LA, just, it kind of really brought me back through old LA and maybe driving through the West side. It was this bad metaphor of like, going back in time because that's like where the history of LA really is in the middle and west side of LA. You may have to break that down for me a little bit. For those of us who don't live in LA, Mm -hmm. you live on the east side of LA. Yes. But you said the west side of LA is kind of where the history is? I'd say like, I guess probably like Hollywood, the middle of LA. Mm -hmm. So like, I feel like most of my friends and our stuff, we just keep going further and further east as it gets cheaper. And... And if you just like, if you basically just drive sunset across LA, then you start getting into Hollywood and then you start seeing like Chateau Marmont and all these historic LA things. You're just, you're going through like the LA that quote unquote matters to the like, people think of when they think of Yeah. LA. Yeah. And I'm kind of a tourist there too. So as I'm driving through it, I'm like, oh, that's, that's where Humphrey Bogart used to hang out or, you know, it's just like kind of going back into historic LA. Whereas on the east side, it's like, oh, that coffee shop opened three years ago. That's pretty chill. (laughs) (laughs) And is there like a, does that old part of LA, does it feel kind of like, is there like sadness and ennui mixed in with the history? For me, a little bit. And that might sound like (laughs) judgment because there's there's like a divide in like East LA, West LA, like the Californians on SNL. Like there's a real subculture there. The Californians on SNL. Have you not seen that? No, I don't watch SNL. It's it's so on point. It's just making fun of everyone in California. Yeah. Like what freeways they want to take. I think you should go home now, Devin. There's nothing going on, Stuart. You should go home. Get back on San Vicente, take it to the 10, then switch over to the 405 North and let it dump you out into Mulholland where you belong. It's not even that much of a character act. It's just like reality. So I feel like a tourist in, in my own city because it's so big and there's like this divide kind of. Did you grow up there? No, I grew up in San Diego, which is like an hour and a half south. And so when you're driving across L.A., you're like thinking about kind of old L.A., the decadence, the sadness, the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there anything in the music or the lyrics that puts that feeling across to you other than the context? Yeah, maybe not so much L.A. or I guess so, like the first song in the album, River Song. 
is which is like kind of comical to i don't even know if it's about the la river but like the la river is like the saddest river in the world is that that like it's like some kind of concrete yeah like trough yeah it's like where the chasing was in terminator like that's <laughs> the our actual quote-unquote river I had no idea that was called As a I'm river. Looking at a real river in Austin right now. Yeah. Yeah. That is LA River, the thing you're thinking about. It's just like concrete oh. and it goes all the way through. But that's the first song on the album. And it's like a love letter to like this, the saddest river. <laughs> I was listening to the to the record and it's undeniable that he grew up in the world of Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys because even though he was kind of excommunicated from there there are parts of it that are like so Beach Boys-esque mm-hmm. you know very much but it's like weird Beach Boys right I think that's what was my main draw like it is a cohesive album and it's like weird Beach Boys so it's like finding oh, there's no more good Beach Boys album after like 75 or something. And then it was like, oh, there's actually this this solo record that there's a lot of harmonies. There's like really interesting chord changes, like all the things that I really admired about the Beach Boys. And you can tell I'm not comparing them to like George Harrison songwriting, but like George like was in the wings of Paul and John for so long. And then and then like he clearly made uh, amazing albums afterwards because he was just like around greatness for so long. And he had, obviously, not, not to knock on George, but he had some amazing skills himself in songwriting. But, like, I feel like the same with Dennis. Like, he was just around this greatness of Brian and just kind of shunned for a bit. And he was like, oh, I'm just going to make my own thing. It's just, it just felt earnest. The sea is flowing through my room again Like the thoughts of you I was reading about Dennis Wilson too, and it's kind of a crazy thing. Like he was the first guy who suggested writing songs about surfing. He was the only Beach Boy who surfed. I think the Wikipedia entry said that their mom was like, "Dennis is in the band. You have to let him be in the band." (laughs) (laughs) And then like he was playing drums, and he learns how to play drums, and then he and then his brother's like, "You're not really a good enough drummer to do what I want to do. Like I'm going to hire Hal Blaine." Like this whole lifetime of being kind of sidelined like he sang some early hits but he didn't really get to sing solo in the later hits Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean it feels like that's the kind of person who would need to do a solo album yeah you know it it seemed like dennis was trying to prove to brian like i'm a good musician like i'll just make an album to prove it kind of like seemed like half of it and then brian in the press would talking to journalists would be like oh what did you think about dennis wilson's album he's like oh i haven't heard it and it, and it just, I feel like, broke Dennis's heart even more. Like, he's trying so hard to, like, get his brother to like him again. And that guy in public's like, you know, I didn't even bother listening to it. Older brothering him to the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the Doesn't classic. Doesn't matter who you are. Older brother move, yeah. man. Like, <laughs> but it's just like, it's like the most, you know, you're like we were talking about earlier, you know, you can say that context doesn't matter uh-huh. until you talk until you really think about the fact that like these are human beings writing the songs and and sometimes knowing their stories is an integral part of appreciating 
the music or trying to understand yeah what was going on for sure i feel like that like i can think of like blood on the tracks like it's such a beautiful dylan record and then i list i remember first time i listened i'm like oh this is like such a different dylan album and then i'm like oh he was going through a divorce it's just the context really mattered to me to make that album much more special they never did like mama's homemade dress papa's bank book wasn't big enough and i was standing on the side of the road rain falling on my shoes heading out for the east coast lord knows i paid some dues getting through tangled up in blue it's like why do we go to art in the first place you know why do we listen to songs and read books it's because we want to know what it means to be human and and then sometimes knowing about what's going on with the actual humans who are making them yeah like it it helps us understand our own struggle in this life yeah yeah my wife starts to make fun of me because if we see like a movie like i really love i'm like immediately on wikipedia because if it really resonated with me i'm like i I, I need to know more. What's the backstory? Like, how is this made? I need context. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You've come full circle on the whole context. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So you've decided to like take some of these songs and rework them. Yeah. So I'm covering the album in its entirety. Um, It's part of the series by Turntable Kitchen where it's just like artists covering albums in their entirety. It was just, it's a really cool series. Like Jonathan Rado from Fox and did did, uh, Born to Run in its entirety. Ben Gibber did Teenage Fan Club. It's just like, it kind of really makes sense for all these artists and, I guess it makes sense in a Beach Boys reference band to make one of their only solo albums. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot of the production is really rad and some is just like a little dated. And so that was really exciting for me. Like, oh, how can I reinvent this and flip it on its head or make it really electronic? Almighty river, I would love to be like you. Has not got the time to say I make such I want to say joyful music with my band that like I was interested in the opposite of that and yeah get into a deep dark world of synths and yeah and I mean and there's like there's a pretty wild production on this like yeah. When did you kind of know that you were going to take this album, which has nothing to do with electronic music, and that was going to be the right treatment for it? I I think listening to the song Time, it's like a really beautiful song. And then it hits, it's like a quote unquote drop at the end of the song. In the original song, there's like this really heavy bass line, these like, just like bursts of trumpets. When I first listened to it in this context, and I was like, oh, that naturally really wants to hit really hard. And so then once I, I 
because I was trying to like think about each song, like how, how am I going to change this or how am I going to interpret this? I feel like once I thought of that one, then I, I'm like, I can do the rest of the album like this. experimenting some are just like piano ballads as they were on the the album some are like kind of like sound collages of unclear samples from that album or something you know like I'm, I'm just trying to reinterpret it but i think time was an important one to me and i loved how it came out on this one kelsey from my band sang it and nico siegel played trumpets on it who's in chance chance the rapper's band and he's done stuff with our band as well he's an amazing trumpeteer and songwriter in production so once I, I feel, once I did that one, I feel like... It was like, ah, this is what we're doing now. Yeah. 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 And did your interpretation of this record have anything to do with LA? Like, was there any kind of, like, connection to that original feeling that you felt driving across from the east side to the west side? Um, maybe subconsciously, but as I, as I dug in, like, it just seemed sadder and sadder. Like, the lyrics are very simple, but he's, like, he's clearly, like, I'll say a tortured but he was like really dark period of his life and then he drowned a few years after this like he was the really sad last chapter of his life and and i always knew that context and so like going back in yeah it's easy to like point out lyric and be like that's so straightforward why why don't you take a little poetic license to it but then like knowing that there, there is something beautiful and just like saying i'm thinking of you and i miss you very straight up without trying to like make this this metaphor of it being something else and explain it like very thoroughly or trying to be poetically beautiful with it but it's just like i miss you and he's like going through a breakup and once you hear his voice like I, i i don't doubt that sentiment at all like that's as authentic as it was that's what he felt the sea Thoughts of You, featuring Pop Etc. from Chewing's cover version of Pacific Ocean Blue. Such a sad take on such a sad song. And you know, I'm with Nick. I love knowing the context, or at least a little of the context of the art that I consume. I mean, obviously I do. That's kind of what this podcast is all about, right? Because no one creates in a vacuum. What's happening in our lives, what's happening in the world, the places we live, the music we love, it all gets taken in and swirled around within us and informs what we create. I mean, context isn't the only thing, but it's important, for sure. Like I said, Chewing's version of Pacific Ocean Blue is part of the Sounds Delicious series at Turntable Kitchen, and if you want your copy, 
unlimited edition colored vinyl. Yes, I said colored. Well, then you should subscribe now. There's a link that will take you where you need to go on the show notes page for this episode, as well as two tracks from the record, Moonshine featuring cults and River Song featuring local natives. I actually talked to Nick for an earlier episode of this podcast. He and Kelsey Ayers from Local Natives told me about songs that changed their lives. Nick talked about Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, and Kelsey talked about Fleetwood Mac's Sarah. You can find a link to that episode on the show notes page as well, or you can find it in our archive on your podcast player. You can also find a Spotify playlist on the show notes page for this episode where you can hear most of the songs that you hear in this episode all the way through. And that's it. You have come to the end of another episode of This Song. This Song is a production of KUTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced by Art Levy and me, Elizabeth McQueen. Nadia Hamdan edited the interview and did a great job, as always. Thanks to Deidre Gott and Peter Babb and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast. And yes, it's true. Our theme song is Mahout by Austin's own Hard Proof. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. KUT's next AT Explained live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there.